Good morning, folks. This is Steve Bradley, God's Wordsmith, coming to you with a teaching on Matthew 16 about the Pharisees wanting a sign and then the leaven of the doc or that is the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. So here's the text. It says, Then the Pharisees and Sadducees came and testing him asked that he would show them a sign from heaven. He answered and said to them, When it is evening, you say it will be fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning, it will be foul, foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites, you know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation seeks after a sign, and no sign shall be given to it, except the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Now when his disciples had come to the other side, they had forgotten to take bread. Then Jesus said to them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They reasoned among themselves, saying, It is because we have taken no bread. But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, O you of little faith, why do you reason among yourselves because you brought no bread? Do you not under, yet understand or remember the five loaves of the five thousand, and how many baskets you took up, nor the seven loaves of the four thousand, and how many big baskets you took up? How is it you do not understand that I did not speak to you concerning bread, but to beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees? Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. The Jews want a sign, that is the Pharisees and Sadducees do, and probably the scribes as well. Think about this for a moment. The Jewish leaders are not happy with the miracles Jesus does perform. And these are actually often called signs. <clears throat> uh, if you look at John chapter 20, verse 31, John specifically calls Jesus' mighty miracles signs. They want something that fits their wishes. So Jesus identifies the source of this desire as wicked and adulterous. And I think what he's really saying here is they don't want the sign. They want to have something to say against him if he doesn't do as they please. So the Jewish leaders were not satisfied with the miracles they saw. In fact, they complained about Jesus doing them on the Sabbath. And we will find later that Jesus, when he raised Lazarus, that doesn't satisfy them either. It just makes them want to kill him. So Jesus actually announces that the scribes, Pharisees, and other Jewish leaders will kill him. When he says, no sign shall be given to it except for the sign of the prophet Jonah. Now he had elaborated on this earlier in Matthew chapter 12, saying that as Jonah was in the belly of the great fish, for three days and three nights, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth.
Now, as we shall see later, even when Jesus rose from the dead, the Jewish leaders didn't accept that sign either. They bribed the soldiers who described what had happened to lie and say that his disciples stole the body. And if you read the accounts, not even the disciples believed that Jesus rose from the dead until he appeared to them and they actually saw him physically after his resurrection. Now there's a lot of material about that in Luke and it's very interesting. John as well. So here is what we mean by the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, leaven is a word we think of when we discuss things like yeast or baking powder and making bread. It's a small amount of a substance sifted or kneaded through flour, and its purpose is to make bread rise. In the Bible, leaven is often symbolic of something imported that's evil, and here it definitely is. So the action of leaven is important here. Paul said, and it's true, in Galatians 5 verse 9, a little leaven leavens the whole loaf. It's incredibly important to understand how a small amount of false teaching can ruin the rest of what we believe and teach. This is extremely important because Satan always wants to be the one who makes you question the Word of God and replace what you see in the Word of God with something else. Or, in some cases, interpret what you see in the Word of God, interpret it away, or make it more stringent or different than it is. Jesus was warning against this here. Uh, taking the Pharisees and Sadducees at face value and saying things like, well, they mean well, we should listen to them. That would produce destructive results. Do not think that false teaching is unimportant. It is among the most important things that you will deal with in your Christian life. Jesus warned the disciples not to accept the leaven of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And in Matthew chapter 16, verse 12, it says, Then they understood that he did not tell them to beware of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, interestingly enough, this whole issue reappears in the early church specifically dealing with the Pharisees. So Paul wrote an entire letter, the letter of Galatians, to warn against it. And many of the Pharisee Christians, that is Pharisees who had become believers in Jesus Christ, demanded that all converts be circumcised, if they were male, of course, and keep the law of Moses. Now, most of Paul's converts were what we call Gentiles. In other words, they had no particular relationship with the Jewish law. Although they may have been God-fearers, that is, people who didn't observe the Mosaic law, but still believed in the same God. 
And Paul issued a dire warning to all who tried to dilute the free forgiveness in the gospel. Because you, you see, when the Pharisees wanted people to accept the Mosaic law, they included the sacrifices. Well, Jesus is the final sacrifice for all. <clears throat> he, for, he gave himself once for all. And it's very clear from the rest of the New Testament that the Old Testament sacrifices are gone. But the Pharisees wanted Jesus, or wanted, I'm sorry, wanted the converts to go ahead and keep those things because obviously they were part of the Old Testament. So Paul's warning goes like this. But even if we, or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel to you than what we have preached to you, let him be accursed. It's a powerful statement. And then he repeats it. He says, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. Now in Acts chapter 15, we read that this whole situation came to a head. This is after the book of Galatians was written. This whole situation came to a head when the Pharisaic converts came, of G, uh, the Pharisaic Christians came to Antioch and argued with Paul and Barnabas and said, you have to circumcise these men and command them to keep the law of Moses. And Paul and Barnabas said, no way. These guys are Gentiles. They were never under the law. So in Acts chapter 15, they had this huge disputation about it. Paul and Barnabas went to Jerusalem to discuss this with the elders of the church. And finally, the Pharisees lost. But they didn't accept that loss because even in Philippians, we see some evidence that the, the uh, Pharisees were still seeking to exert an influence on the churches, the Gentile churches. Now, Jesus' words about the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees we're not what we call a friendly warning. It's not like, please don't go above the speed limit. They were vital to understand and follow. And this is a major issue even today with people rejecting certain aspects of the Bible's doctrines and teachings and accepting others in their place. It's a huge issue. Jesus knew it would be, and this particular false doctrine pollutes and destroys many, that is, the Pharisee type of Christianity. So stay away from the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now here are some definitions so that you'll have a little better handle on this. On the surface, the leaven of the Pharisees was different from the leaven of the Sadducees. However, both were alike in denying the word of God, and there's a large amount of extra biblical material on both. The Sadducees denied a large portion of the Old Testament, 
and accepted only the first five books, the Pentateuch, as authoritative. They also denied the resurrection of the body, the immortality of the soul, and a number of other things. We might call them the rationalist Jews of Jesus' day. Now these people, the, the Sadducees, were essentially the priestly class. They had a lot of authority and influence in Judaism of that day. On the other hand, the Pharisees accepted the things that the Sadducees denied. They accepted all the Old Testament. They believed in the resurrection. They believed in angels and spirits. But they had a series of commentaries that they also considered authoritative. In fact, uh, Alfred Edersheim in The Life and Times of Jesus the Messiah says that some of the Pharisees believe that God studied the Jewish writings more than he studied the Old Testament, as if God would need to study anything they had written. But anyway, the common folk were astonished when Jesus spoke as one who had authority because whenever the Pharisees or the scribes did a teaching, they would say, Rabbi so-and-so says, and that would be their authority. Jesus said, I say unto you, I say, you have heard that it was said of the, by them of old time, but I say, and so he assumed the authority that was given only to those who had the power to authoritatively understand and interpret, and in his case, make scripture. The scribes now were men with an extensive background in matters of Jewish law and teachings who were involved in writing, copying, and interpreting the laws. Although they're often mentioned together, they were actually distinct from the Pharisees because they typically held the same views about Jesus and his disciples. Jesus does not mention them in our current text in Matthew 16, but he did consider them similar. And if you read Matthew chapter 23, which is his long, long diatribe against the scribes and Pharisees, you'll see what I mean. So interpreters today believe that the scribes were often government officials, bureaucrats, superior to the Pharisees in their authority. That's a statement that I read many times when I studied this. So after the definitions, what do we do? Well, there are some lessons. How do we avoid the leaven of the Sadducees and Pharisees? And we'll see much more of this in Matthew chapter 23. But the most important things seem to be these. Number one, the Pharisees and the scribes too, although they're not mentioned in Matthew 16, they added to the word of God. They took material of their own and they said, okay, this is authoritative too. We want you to follow what we say as well as what the Bible says. The Sadducees, on the other hand, deleted parts of the word of God. And so to be to beware of their doctrine is to hold fast to the statements of scripture 
and neither add to nor subtract from what the Bible says. Today, we see many people rejecting the plain statements of the Bible. You have, for example, groups of people who believe that God just started the world by creating the Big Bang and then set evolution in motion. Those people are called theistic evolutionists. The Bible does not say that. The Bible said God says that God created the heaven and the earth. It says that he created man, not that man evolved and at one point or another crossed over from being ape to being human. It says that man is a special individual creation of God. And this is one of the things that we see among some Christians. They are afraid to just say, the Bible says, because they are afraid of being put down by society. All I can say to you about this is keep to the word of God. And at reading Matthew chapter 23, uh, we'll get to it eventually, but one of the most important things in Matthew 23 is that we need to obey what we read. The scribes and Pharisees were hypocrites. They didn't want to obey what they saw in the Bible. They wanted to have a free pass, and they found out, developed many ways to do that. So <clears throat> the lesson then is one, hold fast to the word of God, which is the core and center of all we believe and do. Follow nobody who does either what the Pharisees did, that is offer their additions as the only right way, or what the Sadducees did, deny parts of the Bible. It's so important, folks, that you hold the word of God in the highest esteem. The Bible says God has magnified his word above all his name in Psalm 138.2. Let's keep the view of scripture that the scriptures themselves do and that God does and then follow what we read. God bless you all. I hope you're having a wonderful day and that this day will be good for you. This is Steve Bradley, God's Wordsmith, signing off.